Welcome and thanks so much for tuning in with me. I'm Bethany Chapman and today I'm going to be talking to you about Lesson 6, Unlimited Possibilities and Spiritual Gifts from the Quarterly Sabbath School Lesson. If you want to read further passages of, of scripture about spiritual gifts, a great place to go is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or Romans chapter 12. Both of those have a list of different spiritual gifts and have some just beautiful reading of the Apostle Paul and you can learn more about it. I'm going to read first today from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 4 to 11. And that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where I want to spend a lot of time because it's got some great stuff about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 to 11 says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That text was read to you from the ESV version of the Bible, which is what I'll be using today. And this is a great place to start when we're looking at spiritual gifts and how God can use us all and give us gifts in our lives to work for his kingdom. Now, the original context of the letter of 1 Corinthians is that it was written to a church in Corinth. Now, the church in Corinth, oh mercy, I would not like to be the pastor there because they had so many struggles and problems. And what I love about the Apostle Paul is that he wrote beautifully in a way that really encouraged them and helped them to see their flaws and their strengths and to be able to grow. They had problems not with having the Holy Spirit. It says in the first chapter of Corinthians that they have generous amounts of the Holy Spirit. Maybe the problem is that they've got so much that they don't know what to do with it because the problems that they have in the church that are outlined from chapter 12 onwards in terms of their spiritual gifts are with order, are with worship, and are with jealousy and um, conflicts about how these gifts work among that group of believers. So first of all today what I want to think about is what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? There's a great definition of this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. So I'm just going to jump over there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. Actually, I'm not going to do the whole bit of up to 16. I'm just going to do the smaller part, but you can read the bigger part if you would like to later on. I'm just going to do 11 and 12. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. 
So the purpose here, Paul tells us, of spiritual gifts is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, which means to equip believers to do ministry or to um, show Jesus to the world around them and to serve. And the other is to build up the body of Christ, to strengthen, to nurture, to encourage, to grow the body of Christ. And it lastly says to unify the church there in verse 13. So whatever gift you have, God has given it to you for the purpose of being equipped so that you can serve. He's given it to you for the purpose of building up, encouraging and nurturing other believers and also to bring unity to the church. So it's for growing the church, it's for building up the church and strengthening the church and also for serving and ministering and spreading the kingdom of God and showing his glory. And I absolutely love this because the God of heaven can literally use whatever he wants to bring glory to himself and yet he uses ordinary human beings and takes us and uses us for his glory. Ministry is not a spiritual gift. It says that we're given a spiritual gift for the work of ministry. But another word for this ministry is service. Um, we find it in the Bible, the Great Commission. We get hear it as making disciples, sharing the gospel, priesthood of believers. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. The Apostle Paul says, you are ambassadors for Christ. These texts apply to every single one of us. The job of telling other people about Jesus and the good news about the kingdom of heaven is every believer's job. It is not just one believer's job or one person's job or one more superior believer's job, but that's all of our jobs. But the way that we do that and the gifts that God has given us vary from person to person. I love in the Gospels when you read the stories of the disciples and you have a look at their characters, they are just such different people. They are just so diverse in their character, in their personalities, in their understanding, in their intelligence, in their backgrounds. And yet Jesus takes all of these ordinary people and equips them for his kingdom. A really great illustration of that is actually in The Chosen, which is a TV series. And you can just pop that into Google, The Chosen TV series, and it will come up with the ability to go on there and watch that. And I highly recommend it. It is a beautiful depiction of the life of Jesus. And it is one of the most detailed and well-thought and well-documented pictures of the life of Christ. It's just so lovely. So if you want to look at The Chosen, I highly recommend that one. Ellen White and the Ministry of Healing, which is a fantastic book if you ever want to read it, The Ministry of Healing by Ellen G. White. She says, There is no limit to the usefulness of one who, putting aside self, makes room for the working of the Holy Spirit upon his heart and lives a life wholly consecrated to God. That's on page 159. As I mentioned before in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it tells us that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to us individually, that we're not all the same and we're not expected to be all the same. And according to who we are and according to God's generosity, we receive these spiritual gifts. You might be asking a follow-up question, how do we get spiritual gifts? I want to have a look in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 gives us an idea of how we get spiritual gifts or where they come from. 
And again, if you're following along in your Bibles, keep your finger in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because I'm going to be jumping back to that spot again. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it says this, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When a person is baptised, a person also receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 in that chunk of text that I read earlier, it puts it this way, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about it being a manifestation of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, it talks about being the gift of the Spirit. And then even when you see in the baptism of Jesus, in the book of Matthew chapter 3, it talks about the Holy Spirit coming down upon Jesus and descending upon Jesus like a dove, and he comes upon him in a special way. And so it's really wonderful and it's really important to remember that this gift that we get as our spiritual gifts isn't just a gift like we find under a Christmas tree or like somebody gives to us for a special present, but rather the gift is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what we receive and the gift is what that looks like in us if that makes sense. So we receive the Holy Spirit and the way that the Holy Spirit shows up through ordinary men and women is the gifts that we have. The gift isn't separate from the giver. When the Holy Spirit lives in our life, these gifts show up in our lives. It's not about your talent. It's about God's glory and his generosity. And we serve a mighty and generous God and he is good. Scripture tells us that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything that we have, everything that is good, everything that is in our lives is given as a gift from him to us. And I want you to know that a great way of finding out how to cultivate your spiritual gifts is by serving. Because when we serve, we put ourselves outside of our comfort zone. When we start moving into action, instead of just showing up or listening or going through the motions, those are the times when we are stretched and the Holy Spirit living in us has an opportunity to shine through and do what God does, which is things that are more extraordinary than we can do ourselves. I think I found this the first time as a young woman when I went on a storm co-trip And I was doing things that I had never done in my life before, not been very well trained to do. And yet I felt so at peace because I knew that God was working through me to be able to do those things. So I was serving and I was speaking up the front publicly and I was ministering to children and I was helping to organize things and it was so far out of my comfort zone that the Holy Spirit moved in and worked in marvelous ways. You might be asking, well, what are my spiritual gifts? And I'll be honest, it took me a long time to really settle in with where the Spirit was working in my life and what my spiritual gifts were. The first thing I would encourage you to do if you are curious about your spiritual gifts and don't know is I would encourage you to pray. You can ask God for your desired gifts. You can ask God to show you what your gifts are and where he is moving in your life. You can ask God to give you an opportunity 
to use the gifts that he's given you as well. And something else that I want to know is that you can pray that God is going to fill the gaps in your local church. And this is something that as a pastor I have done before when we've been lacking volunteers in certain areas of the church, that I have petitioned God that he will bring into our church people who are equipped for these roles and also that he will equip the people that we already have in a supernatural way to be able to do these things for the gospel and for the sake of the ministry of the church. So I believe two things about prayer and spiritual gifts. One is that God is generous and he wants to give good gifts to you. And if you pray to him, he will grow you and he will show you where your gifts are that he has given you. And secondly, that you can pray that God will fill the gaps in your local church. You can pray that God will bring people in who are going to do what he wants to do in that space. And you can open it up to his divine movements. Um, A really important part of scripture is when Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers is few, so pray for more workers. And that's something that Jesus wants us to do as well that he wants not only for us to step up, but also to be praying that there will be others who are equipped, who will come alongside us to work for the kingdom of God. The next thing I want to tell you is to volunteer. Because just like I said about when I was younger, when you have your faith stretched and when you open yourself up to new experiences and possibilities, when you volunteer and you put yourself out there, you leave room for the Holy Spirit to move. And I really believe that, that God is about the supernatural and about doing things beyond what the ordinary human can do. And when we allow room for him, then he moves in those spaces. And I want to tell you that I, through trial and error, have discovered what my spiritual gifts are and what my spiritual gifts are not. And even the things that I have loved doing have been outside of my comfort zone. So it's not about comfort. It's not about feeling secure or safe or feeling like I'm equipped to do something. It's about trial and error and about seeing where God is going to lead. So I have tried a whole bunch of stuff because when I was in, I think it was, sorry, my lips just made a funny noise there. Um, When I was in, I think it was... um, maybe the last year of high school or the year after high school, I had this youth leader and he had this idea that we should all pray a radical prayer and that we should all put it into a jar and in our small group we would come back to it later and see how God had answered that radical prayer. And the radical prayer that I had was that I was going to say yes to whatever I was asked to do for God and for church, but that I wasn't going to put my hand up because I was shy as anything. And I thought, I'm not going to ask, but if I am asked, then I will do things. And I can remember the sweaty palms and the trembling and the shaking voice in in myself and in my body, in the things that I did that were so far out of my comfort zone. And I will let you know that there were things that I did like speaking up the front singing up the front and even um, a prayer, which at first I couldn't even do unscripted because I was so nervous. But even though I wasn't great at them the first time, those are areas that God has blessed and grown and strengthened in my spiritual giftedness. But then also there are other areas that I have tried and been like, okay, this 
is easy for somebody else, but for me, it is so incredibly hard. So there are these two beautiful ladies at the church that I work at. And I know that if we need lunch, I can ask either of these two ladies and they will make it happen. One of them, she just manages to produce food out of nothing for a large group of people. And she doesn't even break a sweat. She doesn't even have a problem or have any kind of stress with feeding as many people as show up. She doesn't mind about what number there is. She doesn't mind about um, what's in the pantry. She just provides and it is just so stunning to watch her work. And then there's another lady and she's not much of a cook, but what she can do is she can organize people and she can say, you bring this, you bring this, you bring that, you bring this, and she can make it happen. And I know from my experiences that when I have tried to organize lunches or organize food for large groups of people, that it has been something that I've managed to pull off, but something that has been just so stressful and there hasn't been any ease about it at all. And I've done it on multiple occasions and I'm like, okay, hospitality is not my spiritual gifts. But when I see it in somebody else, I'm just blown away with what God can do. So something that follows on from that is seek out advice from spiritual people that you trust. What do other believers see in you? What do people in your church say about you or or your pastor or somebody that you trust? What do they say about you and what they see in you and what they believe that you can do or what they have seen God doing in you? Because sometimes it takes an outsider perspective to confirm what God has put on your heart. Another thing to do is to seek out mentors as well. If you, if you want to try something out or if you're not feeling very confident, why not ask somebody if you can go along with them? Shadow that person and find out what it is that they do, how it is that they do it, and it can help you build confidence, not like you have to go out there and do it all by yourself as you're learning and growing. That's why God's given us a community of believers. That's why we have each other as the church, that we're not just alone in Christianity, but we are part of God's kingdom together. Talk to your pastor. I'm just a lady on a podcast and I'm a pastor myself, but it makes a huge difference when you actually talk to your pastor or a spiritual leader near you. If you don't have one, why don't you jump on Google? You can Google Seventh-day Adventist Church in your suburb and see what comes up nearby. Talk to a pastor and they can point you in the right direction of surveys, quizzes and programs to help you discover what your spiritual gifts are and what your strengths are. You also have got talents. Gifts are more than just your talents. Your spiritual gifts is something that's supernatural that God gives for his glory, but you've also got talents as well. And I want you to think about what has God already given you that you can use for him? You might have a big family, so sorting out people and logistics makes sense to you or cooking large meals is easy for you. You might be good at teaching and helping others to understand. You might have a creative flair that you would love to use for God. You might have the ability to talk to anyone. Why not try using that in a church setting or volunteering for some homeless people so that you can help to speak to anyone in those situations for God? You might have skills at using a computer or sound equipment. You might even have the ability to drive and have a driver's license and be able to use that for something that can bring God glory. Some people want to serve in the church and in the kingdom of God in an area that their skills already are, like people who 
are accountants at work often ended up becoming treasurers at church. But then there are other people who say, you know what, I do this nine to five all week. I'd actually rather try out this other area of my skills. Or did you know that I'm really talented at that? And it's so wonderful to try out something different as well. And both is okay. But God has given you wonderful skills and talents. And think about what's already in your life that God has blessed you with that you can use to serve him. My husband and I are both pastors, actually. And I find it really amazing because even though we both have pastors and we're we're both pastors and we're both employed to do the same role and the same job, we actually have very different spiritual gifts. Some of our spiritual gifts cross over. So we both have a spiritual gift of teaching. But one of his really strong spiritual gifts is evangelism. And one of my really strong spiritual gifts is encouragement. And that really plays out really differently in the way that we visit people in the way that we conduct Bible studies, in the way that we preach, in the way that we come into contact with others. And it's really fascinating. So if you ever hear my husband preach or if you hear me preach, you'll notice that we are quite different because his heart is evangelism. And so when he is preaching, he's thinking about how can I make it easy for somebody to understand who hasn't come across God before what I'm talking about and what the Bible is talking about? How can I encourage them to make a choice? And even though in my preaching, I also think about those things. And even though in his preaching, he also thinks about encouraging people. His heart isn't wired the same way as I mine is, and his spiritual gifts aren't the same as mine. And so when I preach, there is always a desire to speak to a person's inner life and to encourage them and think, how can I set them up and build them up and grow them to be what God wants them to be? Both really important aspects of the kingdom of God, both spiritual gifts, and yet doing the exact same job of preaching, it plays out in a very different way. There might be some of you out there who are thinking, well, what if my gift is not very exciting? What if I got one of the boring ones? You know, when I was in college, I I think it was my first year, my whole class sat around and one of my ministry subjects, the lecturer got us to do one of these spiritual gift surveys where we went through quite a lot of questions and ideas and conversations and Bible texts to figure out where it was that God was leading in our lives and what the Holy Spirit had gifted us with. And everybody got a list of their top three spiritual gifts. And I can remember just being so disappointed because my classmates were looking at their top three and they had cool stuff on there. Most of them had evangelism and that was not on my top three. My number one was encouragement. And I thought encouragement How is that even a spiritual gift? What does that even look like? That is really not very fun and not very exciting. But I will tell you that God has used my gift for encouragement to speak into the lives of people and to be perceptive of what's happening in people's lives and to be able to build them up and to offer a word and to offer a prayer in a way that helps to point them on a path that they were not going before. And I've just seen God do amazing things through my ministry and my life because of that spiritual gift, even though at the time I felt it wasn't very exciting. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right after that text I read at the beginning of our Bible study, it goes on to talk about spiritual gifts. 
And it goes to talk about the church. And the Apostle Paul describes the church as being like a body and that Christ is the head of that body, but that all the rest of us, when we believe in Jesus and when we follow him and we have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts, we are the body of that head of Jesus. We're the body of Christ. And it says that we have many parts working together. And you can look at your body and you can think about how many different parts there are. And some of them are larger than others. Like your thighs are one of the biggest part of your body, but your eyelashes are one of the tiniest parts of your body. And yet both have function and purpose and importance. And the Apostle Paul really wants to get the message across to the Corinthian church that there is no superiority when it comes to spiritual gifts because they are given by the same Spirit and the same God can use those spiritual gifts for his kingdom. He says that there are some gifts that are more useful. There are some gifts that are to be desired because you can use them for more things. But don't think that what you do have is not important or that it can't be used. I want to think about how God is the God of the universe. So let's not limit his ability to bestow multiple gifts on one person or to use even the smallest of things in our lives if we are faithful and we are open to his leading because he is the God of heaven. Your spiritual gifts can also grow and change over time. When I first found out about my gift of encouragement, I thought that it wasn't very exciting and it was boring. But over time, I began to see how God was using it in my life. You can also have a change of spiritual gifts depending on your context. Maybe God might have a space where he really needs somebody to do a certain task, but he can't find somebody to do that task. So he will give you that in that time and place for that purpose. I love in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31, it says this, But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way, or there is a better way. I will show you something that is better or more excellent. You see, 1 Corinthians 12 doesn't just talk about spiritual gifts and then it's done. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about spiritual gifts right through to the end of the chapter, but mainly focusing in chapter 12 and chapter 14. In the middle of chapter 12 and 14 is this beautiful passage about love. And you might have heard it read at a wedding. You might have had it read out at your own wedding, or you might have heard it somewhere before because it's a fairly common part of the Bible. It's a part of the Bible that says, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not arrogant, it is not rude, and all of those wonderful things about love. The Apostle Paul at the end of chapter 12 says there is a better way and then in chapter 13 goes on to talk about love. You see, our spiritual gifts don't actually last forever. Our spiritual gifts are temporal. Our spiritual gifts are for now and for here. And there is a better way and that is the way of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 8 says, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. 
When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, and when I became a man, I gave up my childish way. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. He's actually talking about the second coming there when he talks about knowing fully and about how now we're looking in a mirror and it's dim, but soon we'll see the full, the real, the true. Talking about how right now we're living in a time before Jesus comes back, but when he comes back, then it will be so exciting and so wonderful to see Jesus face to face. And it talks about our spiritual gifts in context of Jesus coming back. It tells us that right now we need to prophesy because we need to tell people about Jesus. But when he comes back, he'll already be here, so we won't need to do that anymore. We won't need to pray anymore because we will be able to talk to Jesus in person. We won't need wisdom or greater understanding of spiritual things because we can directly ask Jesus our questions. We won't need to have faith because faith is hoping in something we can't see and we can see Jesus face to face when he comes back. We won't need generosity because there will be no poor. There will be no disadvantage when Jesus comes back. We won't need the gift of healing because when Jesus comes back, and this is my favorite part, there will be no death. There will be no sickness. There will be no suffering and sorrow and pain. How beautiful is that? Our spiritual gifts are all pointing towards Jesus coming back. And right now the Holy Spirit is living in us until Jesus comes back. And he's working in us to build up the church and to tell other people about the kingdom of God and that Jesus loves them dearly and that he died on the cross to save their lives. So I want you to remember that your gifts are needed now. You can't use them later. You can't use them when Jesus comes back, but you can use them now. And they are needed now because remember The harvest is great, but the workers are few, and you have been chosen to be part of God's special family, and he has given you a job. And you can cultivate your spiritual gifts today, and you can do some of those things like seeking out a mentor or your pastor, practicing and stretching yourself and volunteering and asking for people to look into your life and praying, hey, what am I good at? Where is God gifting me? You can do wonderful things in service of God to bring him glory. And that is my prayer for each of you today, that you will find and cultivate your spiritual gift and you will use it now and you will not let it go to waste because God has wonderful things that he wants to do through you that he cannot do through me, that he cannot do through your pastor, that he cannot do through any single other person because you are his child and he has a purpose and a plan for you and the Holy Spirit lives in your heart. And the Holy Spirit doesn't come in half doses or quarter doses. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in your heart and works through you, through everyday, ordinary people. So let me pray for you before I go. Almighty Father, thank you so much for this moment in time to listen and to think upon your word and to think about the gifts that your Holy Spirit brings into our lives, the things that you are waiting to do and that you are ready to do 
in and through us. And yet sometimes we get so busy and so distracted and sometimes we lose hope and lose courage and we don't want to get outside of our comfort zone as well. Lord, bring into our lives people who will encourage us to to put to use our spiritual gifts for you and will see in us what it is that you see in us and help us to understand ourselves better. But Lord, give us boldness and courage to step out and to let your spirit move. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary. I'm Pastor Bethany Chapman and I've been so delighted to have you here with me today. Have a wonderful day and may God bless you richly.